folks out there. Welcome to another edition of Throwdown Thursday Podcast. I'm the giggling gal of the Grand Guignol Network. I am the great iron board and everyone's best friend, Agent Nicole, and I'll be hosting this week's episode. With me, as always, I'm joined by my teammate who punishes me with his god-awful puns on a regular basis. But if you need a good laugh, he'll give you one of his jokes. Um, he's the one who finds a way to make a day at work bearable and who just turned another year older. It is Patsy the Angry Nerd. Hi, everybody. I don't feel another year older, but I got to turn down my headphones because I made them super loud like I did last time. And I was blaming everybody else but my headphones because I didn't pay attention to the volume on my I, headphones. I think it's a user error. It is. <laughs> I, don't think it's your, I don't think it's your headphones fault. It's what I would call an ID10T error. Do, do those uh, those headphones have AI? Uh, they might. Um, I'd have to check, but... They probably uh, sold more tickets than uh, Ghost in the Shell did, though. Uh, Probably. Just kidding. Womp womp. Next, we've got the beautiful and talented one-hit wonder rapper. If if you need someone to brighten up your day with a witty comment, she's your gal. She's the mistress of Merlot and the unofficial official spokesperson of Apothic Wines. Everyone's favorite lush ashes on nightmare hello everyone how are you good how are you i'm a bit under the weather but i'm here i know that feeling i was coughing up a storm today at work i'm all wrapped up in a blanket right now i'm like a little little burrito and it's a thousand degrees in here we came in a little chilly i'm good it was like a thousand degrees then again i just took like a shot of cough medicine before our recording so i'm kind of whoo yeah, i've got i've got the i got some green tea and i got the wine so i'm good that's I'm good, good. <laughs> the essential fluids yes. and we can't forget our amazing and talented producer of the show the man who knows how to push the right buttons and the silkiest voice around johnny wolfenstein how are you today i'm doing just fine how are you guys Good, good. Not as bootylicious as you are. But. I was going to put it in there, but I was like, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that, that I qualify as bootylicious. I don't know. Agent Nicole can't get off of that. Like, she's <laughs> always talking about it. Uh, 41 episodes. We're still trucking along. Halfway yeah. to 82. Hey, guys, we're still here. <laughs> right now would be like the all-star break if this was like the NHL or NBA. Of course, when we're here, every show is the all-star break. Uh, Are you trying to say that we're like the loser leftovers or we're the all-stars? No, we're the all-stars. Oh, okay. I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) This is like the skills competition. Uh, Every time I say something clever, you know, it's the slap shot contest. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Breaking records left and right. Before we get into our discussion, um, we will be discussing today one of my personal heroes, favorite characters, Agent Carter. So, hope you guys are excited. Yeah, 39th President of the United States. Oh, for fuck's uh, sake. He was a peanut farmer and uh, worked his way up to uh, hang out with Captain America. Uh, I may be confusing some of my history facts and movies. I fell asleep watching the History Channel, so I'm not I wrote quite such sure a nice intro, and now I regret writing that fucking <laughs> intro for you. You're going to regret a lot of things. I already regret a lot. Yeah, you're going to say, talk to my wife about regret. <laughs> oh, God, we don't have enough time. This isn't a long enough show. 
All right. So for discussion before we get into our lovely topic. Um, so I was bouncing around a few ideas and I figured this wouldn't be a good question. So either from the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the DC Universe, which character would you like to learn more of? Since Agent Carter was actually only a brief character in the comics and was a secondary character in Captain America, the first Avenger, and now has blossomed to this huge um, female icon in the comic slash cinematic universe. Who would you guys like to see more of? Does it have to be somebody from the movies, or can I pick somebody that hasn't been in the movies? No, it doesn't. It's all kind of open range, because there's a few for me as well that I would like to see. Because there's one that uh, was in the cinematic universe uh, actually a couple times, and uh, it's been a while since this guy... Uh, showed up in a in a film because he only has the one standalone film, and that would be John Constantine. Uh, mm-hmm. I find the character fascinating, uh, even when Keanu Reeves is playing him. And Whoa. Uh, <laughs> I really liked his uh, his portrayal in the uh, the Justice League Dark that uh, Ashes and I just watched the other day. I think you, if you like that, um, the Constantine that is voiced in there is Matt Ryan, who did the television. Um, television crossover universe. No television um, show that was on like two years ago. I think you would really enjoy that. Matt Ryan is also the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons and the NFL's MVP for this year. And I don't think it's the same guy. <laughs> definitely not Paul Ryan. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Damn political jokes today. Um, how about the? How about you there? Because I got a couple more, but you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to know everybody else's. How about you, Ashes? Um, okay, so... Oh, excuse me. I have a couple. I'm just going to go with, with my list. Um, so from the DC Universe, uh, Zatanna Zatara. Oh, uh, I love she, her. I saw... Um, she was in Justice League Dark mm-hmm. as well, and I just fell in love with her character. She's this, like, magician, witch-type uh, being, and she's very powerful and... Um, I just loved her and would absolutely love to learn more about her. Also from the DC universe, Enchantress. Now, I... June Moon? Yeah. So, obviously, she was involved in the Suicide Squad movie, but you really Mm -hmm. didn't get much about the character in that movie. Like, she was kind of like the the main villain, but, like, you didn't get any of the story at all. And I just think that Enchantress is such a... The fact, you know, how June Moon becomes Enchantress, Mm -hmm. like, that's such a... I'm just very intrigued by all of that mm-hmm. and, you know, the whole Enchantress, like, artifact type thing. I just think that's so cool. I would absolutely love to learn more. That movie um, made her seem like the absolute worst archaeologist that has ever existed. <laughs> oh, I Ooh, agree. look at this. I'm going to touch I it. Maybe I should just break I, this in half. Which is Hopefully really, there's no curses on it. I know, it. which is really sad because in the Justice League Dark um, comics, she... Right off the bat, she's the main villain in the few, first, I think, five issues. She's phenomenal. I think you would, if you learn, we we learn more about her. If if the DC kind of continues on with how Suicide Squad is, and we get more of the Enchantress, I think it'd be top notch. I think it'd be a little bit better. And I really liked how she was like visually portrayed in mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. I thought that you know just her. Her costuming and stuff was very well done. 
Um, so from the Marvel universe, I have Black Cat. Black Cat's Ooh, Felicia great. Felicia Hardy. Yeah. Um, you know, who's kind of like the Marvel Catwoman. Yeah. If, you know, for lack of better, you know, yeah. better words. Um, and everyone, I'm a huge Catwoman fan. So mm-hmm. I would love to learn more about Black Cat. And Scarlet Witch, you know, we get a little bit of her in the... Um, Avengers movies and stuff but you know I feel like there's so much more there actually I know there's so much more there and I feel like they're not using her to her full potential as far as like being you know she could definitely be a standalone character and hold her own it's a little bit difficult with Fox having the rights to X-Men because mutants yeah because she is they had to alternate the storyline for her a little bit, which is really sad. Yeah, they said that they used the Tesseract to give them their powers when, in reality, it's... Yeah, right. She They're was mutants. born with it. It's yeah. Magneto's kid. Yeah. Right. And it's funny, the, the way you said, you know, uh, you know, uh, missing out on, like, unlocking her full potential, and, like, she is one of the most powerful characters in all of Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. and, like, there's a storyline, uh, the House of M, I believe is what it's called. Yep. Where she wiped out, was it like 97% of all mutants' powers just because she could? Like, she can warp reality. Like, she's on par with, like, cosmic beings, like, with the level of power she has. Right, and I just think that it's so... I mean, I like Elizabeth Olsen's portrayal of her. Mm-hmm. I like, again, the costuming and stuff. I think that's it's it's pretty, you know, it's Way pretty on point. Oh, yeah. The thing is, it's practical. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's practical, and it's pretty on point, you know, with keeping up with times and stuff. Like, it's very fashion-forward <laughs> for, you know fashion right now mm-hmm. um but i just and not to get too far off topic but i just had this conversation with patrick in the car about how pissed off i am at the lack of female representation in both universes oh. and why don't more females have more standalone movies i mean we have what electra who had her own movie yeah and like that's it yeah, I mean, what what is really exciting is next year or in 20, 2019, we'll have Captain Marvel with Brie Larson, and I'm... But that's two years from I now. But I mean, it, it, is but that going to be like a standalone yeah. movie? That will like be it's a just standalone. Captain, okay. She, and I mean, it, she's rumored to be um, introduced in the Avengers the Infinity Wars next year. Which makes sense. Which, you know kind of brings her into play the realizing, hey, like there's somebody else, and then she will have her standalone film... Maybe we'll see how she evolves or how she goes from the events of Infinity Wars. See, my my whole thing with because we like I said, you know, like you said, we we talked about this, and it's because there really aren't any solo female heroes. Like every badass, like think of all the badass Marvel characters like Jean Grey, Storm, Rogue, mm-hmm. Mystique. They're all part of teams. Yeah, like really, the only time you ever see like a standalone female character is. Catwoman, and yeah. even she is even completely then, intertwined like, with Batman. Right. And there's also Wonder they, Woman. They as did well, yeah. make the Catwoman movie that was complete <laughs> and utter garbage. We won't. Yeah, Halle Berry. That's, that's yeah. Weird. There, there is, and uh, this certainly is not one of the major companies. So I don't know if it necessarily counts. Uh, there's obviously Tank Girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hesitate to mention barbed wire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was no, but- there was uh, blood rain the, with Christina yeah. Loken, yeah. and there yeah. was that Supergirl movie from the eighties that was yep. god awful. 
Yep. So, I mean, there is some, but it's very underrepresented. And like one one female movie for every ten, you know, or probably thirty. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. how many how many times has the Punisher been rebooted? Like I can name four Punishers four, yeah. off yeah. the top of my head. You know. I mean, it's it's sad. Well, I wouldn't say it's sad, but like we are getting more standalone female superheroes through television or like Netflix, like with Supergirl and Jessica Jones. But it is, it's really sad to see, like, strong female presence are not being represented in film. Like, I mean, I can understand, like, we talked about Black Widow. Black Widow has a very dark history that's not really Disney-friendly. Uh, yeah. So I can understand why she wouldn't get a standalone movie. They've but been at the same time, for a long time, where the hell are her action figures? Oh, I agree. Like, that's some bull... Jen, Jen Erso has, like, 700 different action figures. I could spit well, and hit a goddamn got- Moana, but I can't <laughs> find friggin', uh, what the hell's her name? Scarlet uh, Black Widow? Natasha. Yeah, Natasha. Romanoff. Hensridge. Yeah, no, I, it, well, obviously, Disney got some backlash for not having enough Ray products, and now they have a lot of Jen. Yeah, like, you're the main character, but here's a shit ton of Kylo yeah. Ren. Yeah. But I just I just think it's bullshit, you know, that Iron Man gets like eight movies mm-hmm. and we can't even, you know, any movie that he's in. We're is an looking Iron Man for, movie. you know, I, I know I'm crossing over universes here, but okay. like, you know, Iron Man gets like eight movies. But, you know, we're eagerly anticipating the one Wonder Woman movie that's coming yeah. out. And the only reason she's getting her own like standalone movie is because her performance in. Batman Five Superman, yeah, um, got so much acclaim. You know, yeah. like, that was like she the was only my, thing they did right. Yeah, yeah. she was my film. favorite part of that. Oh, film. I agree, mine too. You know, like she comes on screen, and I was just like, oh my god! And I'm not even a Wonder Woman fan. Yeah, um, you know, like I, I was just completely blown away, and I was like, this is it. Like I'm, this is exactly how she's supposed to be portrayed. And the thing is, it's it's really funny is how they're lacking so much in television and film, but like in the comics, we've got Squirrel Girl and Miss Marvel. And Captain Marvel and the, like the new okay, Iron Man. Can I add Squirrel Girl to my list? Uh, that was going to be on mine too. <laughs> Squirrel Girl is like one of the most ridiculous characters because she doesn't lose. Like she doesn't really have any defined powers, and like you never She's see just how nuts. she wins. But she always like she beat Thanos in a one-on-one match. Like you don't see how. It's just like all the superheroes show up and they're like, "Oh, looks like you beat Thanos." Yep, looks like I did. And it's like what? Yeah, I mean it's. I think I know that they have another uh, another character, a young kid who's like just as smart and probably even smarter than like Reed Richards, Bruce. We Banner, were talking about her on the way over. She's like the, fourteen. The, she's like yeah. the new Iron Man. No, yeah. not no, her. No, no, a no, different her. girl. Oh. She's she has her own I, series. Yeah, I forget I, her name, but she's like smarter than everybody else. But that was again one of the things we talked about, and it kind of ties into um, what I'm sure we'll talk about with Agent Carter coming up. Is it seemed like comic writers don't know how to write a female character without having a male in their life. Like, Mary Jane Watson is a is a complex character. Mm-hmm. Can't do anything without, without Spider-Man. Spider- Superman. Lois Lane, a great character. Yeah. Can't do anything without Superman. Yeah. Catwoman, can't do anything without Batman. Jean Grey. Uh, uh, Mystique. It, no, Invisible Woman. Uh, uh, Sue Storm. From, from Fantastic Four. All these great characters, even Storm, <laughs> Rogue, these guys can't do anything without a man. Yeah. The only way that like Marvel and DC seem to be able to get around doing this 
And maybe I'm wrong because I haven't read comics because I can't keep up with all the goddamn reboots <laughs> and like alternate timelines and shit. Mm-hmm. But it seems the only way they can do this and make a strong female character, there's one of two ways. One, make her underage. Mm-hmm. Like, say, the the girl that we were just talking about. I, I can't remember her goddamn name. Or the new Miss <clears throat> Marvel, America something or other. Uh, yes. Uh, well, who no. is... A non-heterosexual character and who was written by uh, a... a, a, I forget the girl's name. I just watched a friggin' interview about it and I thought it was great uh, because she... Basically, she's like writing about herself and like Mm -hmm. that point of view because she is a queer Latina woman and she's able to uh, put her life experiences into this character. Yeah. And so it's great that, that, you know, Marvel reached out to her because she wrote a book all about like the same type of stuff, and Marvel mm-hmm. reached out to her was like, "Hey, we really like your stuff. We have this great idea for a character, and we want you to write the comics." Mm-hmm. You know, and like that's awesome. But like, why can't we have a strong female character that, you know, like even we we were talking about a, a She Hulk, mm-hmm. who is a high powered, very talented lawyer, mm-hmm. but they're like, "Well, we don't know what to do." Okay, she's totally promiscuous. It's like. Which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with no, that. No, but, like, but... why can't she just be... <laughs> Who she is. Right? Yeah. Like, like isn't you she don't... just good enough? Like, every single... And we, I've, I've had this conversation about how, you know, these female characters are drawn. It's like, oh, you know, I have this tiny waist and, you know, huge hips and giant boobs. And it's like, how do you fight like that? Which is why it was so great when Gal Gadot got uh, uh, cast as Wonder Woman. Because people are like, well, you know, how come, you know, do you really think that you have, you know, the, the, the cup size to fill out that uniform? And she was like, most Amazonians will cut off one of their breasts. So, and the reason they do that is for accuracy with their archery because they get in the way. So yeah. if their breasts are too big, cuts it right off. They can draw and have better accuracy with their archery. You know, priorities. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is getting better, hopefully. Uh, there is Gotham City Sirens is going to be coming out yeah. in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, directed by David Ayer, who did Suicide Squad, and it's going to have Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and... Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy, thank yeah. you, yeah. So that that could be cool, where it's a team, you know, a small team mm-hmm. of of, mm-hmm. uh, of female superheroes, or supervillains, or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. <laughs> Enhanced individuals. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, and obviously the Wonder Woman movie's coming out shortly, and... Yeah, June, June, early June? June 5th, I think. And, June 5th or 2nd. And one of the things, it's not superhero, but I think, I really do think that, that Disney with Star Wars is... And they've always kind of done that, I guess. You guys have had the discussion about the Disney princesses. Yeah. But, <laughs> but they are putting, you know, female characters front front and center uh, obviously, with with uh, you know Generoso and Ray, like mm-hmm. those are s- really strong, awesome characters, and they're not shying away from that. So, yeah. I do think that a lot of these films that are coming out now are going to be influential to people who grew up, and it's not going to be as big of a deal to see a woman being the hero or not relying on men to help. You know, yeah, and even even the uh, the Disney animated films that you're seeing, like. You know, look at uh, you know Moana. We just talked about that. Moana, uh, Merida from Brave, um, Rapunzel. Like they didn't 
they're strong characters on their own. You know, Mulan is another one. They're strong characters on their own. They're not motivated by, you know, a desire to please men. They're motivated by doing what's right and being a leader. So, like, you know, like what you were just saying, Wolfie, is, you know, like Disney is kind of going in that right direction. Right. I mean... We, yeah, we're headed in the right direction. We still have a long way to go, yeah. but at least like we're starting to to get on the right path. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, so Agent Nicole, what characters would you like to? Um, see? Well, I know we talked about this earlier at work, but um, with the new Justice League Dark, the animated series, I was kind of pissed that um, man. Um, now I can't. Madam. Madam Xanadu wasn't a part of it, mainly just because I understand why she wasn't mainly to get, you know, people's attention with Batman. But um, as a founder of the Justice League Dark and just her backstory, like I've read all the comics that she's had and like the independent part of it. it she's one one fascinating character. And I think it'd be nice to see her in a live action. I know that there had been talks about like a live action film and I'm hoping one of these days that they would do it. Um, uh, Squirrel Girl was another one. Uh, Agents Agents of Shield. They had Mockingbird, um, a part of the um, show, and she was only there for about two seasons. But it would have been nice to see her backstory. They changed it obviously from the comics where she was married to Hawkeye, but in this, in the Marvels. Uh, cinematic universe she's not married to hawkeye and she's she's a badass character and she's not appreciated enough but i do i'm really happy that agents of shield has taken a lot of their strong female characters and really made them shine so i mean we are still a long way from kick-ass female movie stars but i know we will get there so wolfie uh I know you have a, an affinity for a certain greenish, lanternish character. Um, is there anybody that you would like to see, uh, you know, maybe represented more or better than they have in the past? Granny goodness, <laughs> <laughs> or ambush bug, <laughs> or Pip the troll. Pip the troll. Well, they do have the Infinity Saga coming up, so Pip the troll would be very is very important. Yes. Uh, or for for Raven Shadow, Quasar. Ooh, yeah. Quasar's my dude. Yeah. No, I, I I mean obviously, yeah, I'm a big fan of Green Lantern, but it, it I I think they could do I think they could do a good Green Lantern film, and I do like the idea of doing the Green Lantern core. That's a pretty huge concept, though. So I don't. Oh my god! Different. I don't. Yeah, I think that would have to be a TV show. (laughs) Well, I mean, they'd have to only. (laughs) They'd have to only kind of like what they did in the. I hate to even bring up the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie, but they did show a few of the other Green Lantern in that. uh, You know, with Kilowog and. Well, Kilowog's amazing. Yeah, Uh, atrocitous. And and they need to have Gnort though. Gnort's the best. (laughs) <laughs> which 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 uh which who would you like to see? Would you like to see uh Kyle or John well, or Hal? I mean obviously I, Hal is is the classic, but I am I'm actually a big fan of Kyle, believe it or not. Some people may think that's blasphemous, but that's when I was reading, you know, I got into it a little bit late. So one of my favorite storylines is I think it's Emerald Twilight. 
I'm trying to remember. It was I remember it was like issues 48 to 52 of the Ron Mars run when Hal went nuts and started killing the core and took all the rings. Yeah, and took all the rings yeah. and and then basically the core was done and Kyle was the only Green Lantern for a little while. I thought that that was a cool story because it introduced the concept of the core and then you see them fall and then you see the one Green Lantern kind of carry on the mantle for a little while. So, I don't know. I, I think that could be done. I don't I don't really have high hopes. Uh, another character I think is cool. I don't know that it would ever make a cool movie, but I, I like uh, Mr. Miracle, okay. which I did mention, Granny Goodness, who is part <laughs> of, of that. And with Darkseid coming, which, you know, with the Parademons, it looks like Darkseid will be coming. And obviously that could open the door to, you know, to uh, Mr. Miracle, Big Barda, Granny Goodness, all those characters. See, I, uh, we're, we're definitely going to have to have you uh, join us for a, a Green Lantern episode, you know, well, down the line. I, I like Green Lantern. I don't know that I'm authority on it, so just... <laughs> it just I have matter. a friend who loves Kyle, so... Yeah. She... I keep wanting to call him Kyle Katarn, but that's a Star Wars character. It's yeah. Kyle Rayner, right? Rayner, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's why I just said Kyle, because I, I was going to say <laughs> Kyle Katarn. I do have one more I want to add, because uh, I think he would be awesome to be featured... Uh, but I, I don't know if that he would be that anybody would uh, uh, take him, and I think he should be voiced by Neil deGrasse Tyson, and because a lot of it's going to have to be CGI, and that would be Martian Manhunter. Oh my goodness, I love Martian Manhunter would be, be awesome, one. and if he was voiced by yeah, I Neil can see that. Yeah. Tyson. Yeah. does he does he eat chacos? He does. Oh my nice. God, Choco he loves tacos. him some chacos. That's I. It'll never happen, but and I know Mars would would champion this, uh, Donald Mars. But he loves the mid. I think it was mid eighties run of Justice League International. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He does. The he let the me borrow bo- those the Bwahaha, uh era, mm-hmm. and yeah, with the Guy Gardner and Batman fight. Oh and, my god. Yeah, and 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 the John Johns Martian Manhunter and that that's it's some funny stuff. I doubt we'll ever see that on the big screen because that is the antithesis of the Zack Snyder yeah. <laughs> Justice yeah. League. So I doubt we'll ever see. I it. could I could see. I uh, this is J T Miller, T J Miller from Deadpool. I could see him as as Guy Gardner. Hmm. Does he have a nice bowl cut? He could. (laughs) (laughs) Just make it happen. All right. So we're going to head to a break, but stay tuned. We are going to dive into some good aging card. Are you guys ready? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Break. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you <laughs> took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely 
actually bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fat person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebags. And we are back. All right. I've got my nerves moved on the side. I'm ready to talk about some Agent Carter. So for today's episode, we will be discussing a character that has had an impact, a personal impact on my life and has become one of my absolute favorite characters of all time. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have used the traits of her to create a persona for this show. Despite having a lackluster history in comics, the character has shined through various various appearances in the Marvel Cinematic Universe's films and a one-shot film that led to a two-season show that inspires young girls and women to stand down and kick ass. We will be discussing Agent Carter. While the focus will be mainly on her Cinematic Universe portrayal, I will give a brief and limited history of Agent Carter's appearance in comics before learning what inspired Marvel to take a secondary love interest character in the comics to one of the most impactful women of the Marvel Universe. You guys ready? Absolutely. I've been ready for a while because <laughs> ever since you announced that your name was Agent Nicole, like I've been waiting for this episode and you know, I know that you were uh, you know, really looking forward to doing this, so yeah, that's why we just hand the reins over to you. <laughs> you get the keys to the to the ship. So the crazy train here. So can I ask you a question? Absolutely, you just did. Agent Nicole. <laughs> shut up, Patsy. That's not a question. Um, what drew you to this character? Oh, I wasn't expecting that question. I would have been prepared, but um, what? No, there, there's no proper like. Why do you love this character so? Oh, much? I wish I prepared more for this character. I love so much. <laughs> um, she just pulled out a notepad. She has all these answers. No. Um, so I had watched Captain America: The First Avengers a while, like a couple of years ago, and I was introduced to her, and I was just like, "Damn." This is this is a character that I've never seen before. And then a f- close friend of mine had told me, oh, there's a show about her. And instantly I just was so drawn by just how she stands up for herself, the way that she deals with so many obstacles and um, just the way that she handles situations where she's dealing with sexism and the way she has to deal with a male-dominated environment, the way that she just, you know, despite all the odds against her, she finds a way to just come out as the victor at top. And um, there's a lot to it that I I don't want to get too personal about it, but when I saw this show for the first time in 2015, I was going through a lot of shit in my life. So to see... Someone like her being really strong. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying not to get. It's okay. Um, it was just nice to see a super 
hero that doesn't have powers that she has set skills and she's just a kick-ass person and like i would love to be her one day <laughs> you need the hat i know well it's really like a hundred bucks online just like etsy that shit <laughs> etsy that shit that's gonna be my solution to everything <laughs> where are my peptides just etsy that shit yeah let's just etsy that shit but right. no like this is see this reaction, this is the whole point of doing this show, is to have, like, this this connection to the character. Like, that's what that's why we do this. Yeah. Like, just I mean, wait till the next episode. I know it seems silly because they're only characters. They're, they're fictional people, and sometimes they're not even people. They're, you know, animals or things or something. And, you know, they're not real, but... You know, they have certain characteristics and attributes that you mm-hmm. can just, you either see yourself in these people, and uh, you know, in these characters, or you see who you want to be in these characters, yeah. and you you can you can identify with them, and you know, it's it's not stupid, and I think it's <laughs> wonderful that we have the opportunity to be surrounded by so many awesome characters that mm-hmm. we can find, you know, comfort and solace and um, inspiration and, you know, just all of this positive stuff from. Yeah. Okay. I collected myself. I'm good. Okay. All right. Created by Stanley and artist Jack Kirby, she first appeared in Tales of Suspense issue number 75 as an unnamed wartime love interest which was only a single panel in that issue but in issue number 77 of may 1966 she appears as peggy carter um a freedom fighter for the french resistance during the world uh during world war ii she um becomes a love interest kind of for a few issues before she gets um not I wouldn't say blown up, but she gets into like this um big accident and she has amnesia. And so Those are way different things. I know. I don't want to say she exploded, but she twisted her ankle. Like basically she got hit with like some sh- um like shrapnel. Yeah, shrapnel and was like, "Oh, I have amnesia." Convenient. And so basically they just like let her go and then they brought her back in like a few years later as Shannon Carter's sister, which is really weird from what we know of the cinematic universe. And so were they like, mission report, December 15th, 1991. <laughs> yeah. Boxcar, helicopter. Yeah. Um, Play-Doh. <laughs> um, in the comic universe, Peggy Carter is an American who's from Virginia, and her sister is Shannon Carter, which in the Marvel Cinematic Universe... Shannon Carter is the great niece of Peggy Carter. Uh, she's all right. Yeah. I don't know about great. I know. Um, one of the great things about Peggy Carter in the comics, she has a relationship with Halloween Commandos Gabe John uh, Jones, which was one of the first interracial relationships in comics. In the comics, Peggy shares a lot of physical and biological similarities to Private Cynthia Glass, who was later known as Agent X who was a big part of the Project Rebirth in the Captain America comics. She was a friend and a love interest to Steve Rogers before and after his transformation, considering him 
considering her as his first love, which is true, very true to the, Peggy's role in Captain America, the first Avengers. So, so right as we go into the cinematic universe, Agent Carter is the most frequent recurring character in the cinematic universe, appearing in five of the films, 2009's Captain America, the first Avenger, 2014's Captain America, the Winter Soldier, 2015 Avengers Age of Ultron, 2015's Ant-Man, and 2016 Captain America Civil War. She also appeared in the 2013 Marvel one-shot Agent Carter, which was about a 15-minute film and appeared in two shows, which is her own show, Marvel's Captain America and ABC's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, so, So a little bit of Agent Carter... Could you believe that Emily Blunt turned down that role? Actually, yes. I'm kind of glad. Now, I love Emily Blunt. Yep. Um, but I'm actually really glad that she turned down this role. Yeah. Because uh, I think myself, along with a bunch of other people, I did not know who Haley Atwell was yeah. prior to portraying Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. And I know who she is now. And her birthday is tomorrow. Yep. She's just wonderful. Yep. After Emily Blunt declined the role as Agent Carter, Haley Atwell had been working her way up through theater and small films over in the United UK. One of the main reasons Atwell took the role as Agent Carter was because of her personality and how she brought a different side to um, World War II. In preparation for the role, Atwell studied and reviewed films from the 1930s and 40s, which featured strong independent females like Katherine Hepburn and Betty Davis. So before we get into the cinematic universe of where we meet Agent Carter and Captain America, the first Avenger, I'm going to talk about her childhood and what what Peggy what made Peggy become an agent. And this is a lot of this, um, what I'm going to talk about comes from one of the episodes in season two of Agent Carter. Born on April 9th, 1921, Margaret Elizabeth Carter was the second child and only daughter to Harrison and Amanda Carter. She had an older brother named Michael, who was her best friend and often idolized him. Peggy often was scolded by her mother for being more of a tomboy than a lady. She often found herself daydreaming and had a great thirst for adventure and just being out in nature. During the outbreak of World War II, Peggy became a member of the British Royal Military, where she engaged in office work for high officers. By 1940, at the age of 19, Peggy became a codebreaker for Belchley Park, the United Kingdom's uh, government code and cyber school. As a codebreaker, she be- she was engaged to a man named Fred Wells, who worked in her department. As she made her way through, made her career through codebreakers, she had been recommended by the special operations executive. She had turned down the role due to her beliefs that women shouldn't fight. And another reason why she turned down the the position was influenced by her relationship with Red, who believed no woman should be going on the front lines of war. During her engagement party, Peggy learned that her brother, who was in the military, had offered and recommended her position to the special operations executive. Her brother was disappointed and disapproved of her fiancé, who wasn't really for the war. 
and tried to convince her that she was the person who wanted the adventure, not to be living at home and having a boring life. Peggy felt insulted by her brother's opinions, and despite being the one who asked for her thoughts, uh, his thoughts on her life, it is unclear if they had made up before he went back to work. Weeks before Peggy's wedding, her brother was killed while on the front lines. Because of his death, it inspired Peggy to listen to her brother end her relationship with Fred Wells and take her position at the SOE and then joining the MI5. So that is right before we learn. Uh, that is what made Peggy an agent. And so now we talk about Captain America's first Avengers. Have you guys seen it? Yep. Okay. Captain who? <laughs> Captain America. So Wait, like South America? Yes, South America. All right, so he represents all Americas? Yes. All right. Um, so before we are introduced to Peggy, she had been offered at, or she had been loaned out to the Strategic Sci- Scientific Reserve, which is the SSR, as an advisor through World War II for the Americans. We are introduced to Peggy to... The first introduction to Peggy Carter to all Marvel fans is when she appeared on Colonel Phillips' training base to examine the candidates for Project Rebirth in the 2009 Captain America's First Avenger. One private made a mockery of her English heritage and that she was the only woman in a male-dominated base. Due to his comments, she decked the fuck out of that guy. Uh. (laughs) Which I am pretty happy that she did. I'm all for that. Um... Throughout the film, you do see the relationship between Peggy and Peggy and Rogers, where they kind of they're both kind of fish like a fish out of the fish out of water, where Steve, you know, he's trying to become the super soldier and he realizes like he can't get the respect that he wanted. And the struggle for Peggy is, you know, she's a woman in this war and no one respected women. They're just, you know. Um, just there just to, you know, cut checks and write notes and um, get coffee, get coffee. Yep. And throughout the uh, throughout that film, her relationship with Rogers continued to the point where they, it seemed like they were dating, but they weren't dating. And one of the best moments is where she, Peggy takes a gun and starts shooting at Steve with his uh, shield after kissing um uh, what's her face? Loris Tyrell's sister. Oh, um, from Game of Thrones. Marjorie Tyrell. Yeah. Yep. And so at the very end of the first uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, Steve sacrifices his life. And in 1945, Peggy's life changed when he his death. They made a set date before he died and this is where we get into the show so before i talked about before we get into the discussion of the show you guys did some homework yeah and you guys watched the first season of agent carter so what are your opinions what do you think i was kind of disappointed by the first episode because it was essentially just a rehash of the last movie or mm-hmm. the, the movie Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of bugged me, but <clears throat> after watching it for a while, I was uh, very, very happy with it. Um, I liked her character. I liked the fact that she almost embraced the fact that um, 
her male co-workers overlooked her as an agent mm-hmm. because, you know, and this is evidence in the scene where she's like, oh, what are they talking about in there? And uh, Sousa's like, it's need to know only. And, you know, apparently I don't need to know. And he's kind of bummed. So she's like, oh, I have an idea. So she just gets like a tray of coffee and like some coffee cups and like goes in there and they just ignore her like she's not even there. She just walks in on this closed door, like super high secret meeting. Mm hmm. And they're just, like, continuing to talk about the mission that they're going to do. And she's just, like, getting caught. Like, whoa, do you want to talk in front of her? And, like, oh, maybe she'll learn something. She's like, ew, I just did. That's my awesome Agent Carter impression. (laughs) And she uses this, you know, like, as much as it infuriates her and and angers her, Mm -hmm. she's like, well, I could sit here being, you know, feeling sorry for myself and complaining. But instead... I'm just going to uh, Natalie Dormer. That was her name. Yes. Uh, she's like, I'm just going to. Uh, I'm going to use this to my advantage, and you know, even to the point where her boss is like, "Yeah, all right, you have a hunch. Uh, go follow it up." And she's like, "Wait, what? Wait, what? What did you say? You like, you want me to actually go out and do my job? Mm-hmm. Like, instead of like asking people what they want for lunch? Mm-hmm. Like, that's so weird. So I like that. I like the fact, and. You know, this is coming from a male point of view. Now, Haley Atwell is a very nice-looking young lady, and what I like is they don't dwell on that. Like they don't like give her any like revealing outfits, or I mean, other than that one dress that she wore when she was undercover. Mm-hmm. Like they don't sexualize the character, mm-hmm. and I like that because I like who she is as a character and that wouldn't fit her personality wouldn't fit because what's nice is like the tv show came out after the captain america movie Mm -hmm. but her character stayed the same like she's like oh captain america's kind of a dick let's just see how bulletproof his shield is you Mm -hmm. know and that's how she acts towards everybody Mm -hmm. and ashes and i were talking about this again in the car ride over one of the the things that we liked about it is the TV show, like, treats her fairly and treats her equitably. Like, when she gets in a fight, it's not just like, oh, uh, sorry, I can't hit a dame. The guys have no problem punching her in the face and mm-hmm. knocking her down and trying to kill her. Yeah. Like, that's real. Like, if you're going to put yourself in that position, like, you have to expect that this is what's going to happen. And if you're dealing with like some crazy secret organization you can't worry about them like oh geez i can't hit a dame you know like they're not gonna obey the laws of civility and 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 you know common decency because they're black market arms dealers you know working for the the nazis so they're bad guys and they're going to do bad things so you know a lot of shows like won't won't uh And a lot of movies as well, like, won't show violence against women because yeah. people are like, oh, it's misogynistic. Like, even that that stupid trailer with Apocalypse holding Mystique by the neck, people are like, oh, my God, that's so bad. Why are you so misogynistic? And why do you hate women and everything? It's like, he is a bad guy doing a bad thing. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't promoting violence against women. This is a fucking comic book movie. Yeah. You know, this is a, a comic book TV show. Like, this is how these guys would have acted. Mm-hmm. If he had a gun, he would have shot her. Yeah. You know, like, 
that's what real life is, you know. And that's you know a lot of the stuff that I like about it is that it's it's real, it's gritty. They treat her, they treat her like a superhero. They don't treat her like a female superhero. Yeah. They treat her like a superhero, yeah. and that's what I like. How about you, Ashes? Well, pretty much my answer is Patrick's answer, so I'm just <laughs> going to kind of paraphrase and summarize. Um, it's more or less the fact that, A, she's real. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, she doesn't have any superpowers, but that she doesn't need any. Yeah. You know, she's not, she's intelligent, but she's not super smart. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't figure things out right away. But after some careful deducing, she does, you know, Um, she's very good at her job. She takes the fact that she's underestimated and uses it to her advantage. Yeah. You know, like Patrick said, with the whole getting coffee thing in the midst of, um, you know, the the, the, the top secret meeting and stuff. Um, She knows exactly what to say. And she has these just great one-liners and i was actually talking with you agent nicole earlier about the banter between her and um howard stark Mm -hmm. um it it was just you know she's not a pushover by any means at all if anything she stands her ground regardless of who she's speaking to whether it be you know her co-workers or you know her friend mr stark Mm -hmm. um but she could also be compassionate too Mm -hmm. and she's really uh, I saw this whole kind of like inner quarrel with her, which made her really relatable. Um, the fact that, you know, she has this job. She obviously has to, she has to keep it a secret. She can't go telling everyone. Yeah. So this is what I do for a job. You know, yeah. I'm a spy. want to know my secret identity. People think she works, you know, for the telephone company yeah. as like a telephone operator. And she has a friend. Uh, I guess you could call her, her best friend works at the diner that yeah, she Angie. frequents. Yeah. And, you know, uh, so obviously Agent Carter has to be very cryptic about the information that she gives out. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking of one scene in particular. You know, Angie just wants her to talk to her and just kind of have girl talk and Mm -hmm. be like, you know, how's your day? And, you know, usually... Peggy just kind of shuts that down like mm-hmm. I can't talk right now I oh, I have to go or you know whatever and uh, Peggy just had had a really horrible horrible day some crazy shenanigans happened I think someone and, had passed so, away yeah, somebody um, one of the officers had actually died and oh, I, it was partially I, um, so one of the officers had died due to an anonymous tip given by Jarvis under uh, Peggy's yeah. advisement yeah, and so she's kind of in a roundabout way, sort of, kind of responsible for his death, but yeah. not really. Yeah, she feels responsible for yeah. his death, and she just feels horrible. And she finds herself sitting in the diner. Um, you know, it's late at night, and and she's just tears are in her eyes, and uh, Angie's waiting on her, and. You know, uh, Agent Carter says, I'd like to talk about my day, yeah. you know, and just that that one scene right there just did it for me. Actually, there were a couple of scenes, but yeah. that one scene right there just did it for me because regardless of regardless of how much of a bad ass she is, you know, and regardless of how she is just such a strong person and does not take any crap from anyone. Yeah. And she she pretty much she takes 
she deals with the guys at the office and she deals with the misogyny and the patriarchy and all of that crap like she deals with it because she understands it comes with the job yeah. she understands that you know they're not going to look at her as an equal um and i'm, I'm gonna get into this one line in in a second um you know she but but that doesn't matter to her because mm-hmm. she knows that she's just as good as them. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, she still needs to have that girl time. Yeah. You know, like I just I really like that, you know, regardless of, of how strong you are and how confident her confidence is through the fucking roof. Yeah. You know, regardless of how confident you are, you still need to have that vulnerable moment yeah. with somebody that you can ultimately you can trust. Yeah. Um. And then I don't know if you want to talk about that. You know, you know the moment I'm talking about the quote. Oh yeah, I don't know if you want to. Talk I know about my that. value. Now, Anyone else's opinion doesn't really matter. Yes, oh, Queen. I, oh my God. I was going to say Carter, Peggy Carter. <laughs> oh my God. That, you know that whole scene. I just uh, you know it's the last episode. It's one of the mm-hmm. last scenes of the last episode yeah. of season one. I missed. And, I didn't see the last two. It, oh my goodness. It's it's, really it's all in you know the guys are getting accolades for you know taking down the 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 bad guys and and, and, uh, in reality it's all because of peggy that they were able to do all of this like she's the reason why but you know the guys are getting all of the credit and you know one of the guys turns to her and he's like how could you how can you like you must be feeling horrible that they're getting the credit for something you did Mm -hmm. and that's when she's like i know my value like everyone else's opinion just doesn't you know of me just doesn't matter and i i was just oh my god i remember getting the text yes i immediately had to text agent nicole and I was like, yes. Oh my God. Like that's, that's it. And you know, I know what it's like being a female working in a male dominated work environment. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you are underestimated and sometimes you are spoken over and sometimes you aren't thought of as highly as other people, even though, you know, education wise, you're on par with everybody else. Experience wise, you may, you know, I know I have more experience than some of the guys that I work with, Yeah, you know, Um, and obviously, you know, the the dynamic has changed a little bit, but I know what that's like. So I've been in that position before um you know where other people are getting credit for something that i participated in or you know something along those lines and so when she delivered that line i was just like oh my god like it's one of those lines (sighs) that you know it's a victory for women it's like just because you know i'm a female i know i am i'm worth something i'm not just eye candy i'm not just a piece of ass i i have a brain i have smarts i have strengths i have weaknesses i have these skills and i know how to damn use it and i know that i'm valuable to somebody or just i know i'm valuable to myself and i don't need anybody to tell me otherwise right it's one of the it, she knows that she deserves to be respected mm-hmm. and if you don't respect her she's not going to waste her time trying to earn your respect yeah so, you know, and I just, I, I was just done after that. I was like, this is one of the greatest characters ever. Like, I, I'm just, I'm hooked. That's it. Like, I, I completely, I think I texted you, like, I understand. I understand yeah. why you love her so much yeah. now. And, you know, it's something that was sort of kind of portrayed in the 
Marvel movies, mm-hmm. but I'm so glad they gave her her own show. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'll let you go into it later. Um, I'm I'm really sad that there's only two seasons. I don't don't we're gonna we'll wait till we <laughs> about that. But like another scene, and I know this is one of Haley's favorite scenes is um, the scene with Howard Stark. They she realize she's understanding why he's after so many of his inventions and one of them is of because of steve's blood and one of the emotional scenes is where she kind of confronts him and was like you know i put you know after all these all this time like steve is still inspiring me to do better steve as in steve rogers captain america yes. for those of you who yeah. are sorry <laughs> you know just look at agent nicole's shirt she's wearing right now oh, wait <laughs> you know you know, Stark had to lie to get where he is. Like, he had to do all these things. And basically, Peggy just calls him on his bullshit and was like, you know, I put so much time. I'm Maybe I'm not as good as Steve, but, you know, he still inspires me today and to fight and to keep going. And, like, she basically just calls him on his bullshit. And I know um, in one of the books I've been reading with uh, about the show, Haley was like, you know, it was one of the most emotional scenes that she had to do because obviously her and Dominic Cooper, who plays Howard Stark, have been friends for so long. And it was, like, one of the emotional scenes that she's ever done because, you know, she had to call out, Peggy's one of Peggy's close friends on his bullshit of like you know you're making me do all these things for you you're making me go behind people's backs at work you're making me do all these things for what because you want a vial of Steve's blood to do another project like you can't repeat what had happened in the past and in another probably the last scene of the show of season one is that is one of the most emotional is where emotional scenes for me is where basically Jarvis had given um, Peggy Steve's blood and he could she could do whatever she wants with the blood yeah and um she goes to the Brooklyn Bridge and she's looking out on the horizon just looking and she dumps his blood and it's basically the end of where she's moving on from Captain America she should take it and be super Peggy. There has been theories that, you know, um, there's a podcast that I had been listening to about Agent Carter in the show that they want, they thought, like, um, in the Captain, Amar, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, that they were, like, we were in the, uh, sorry, um, the eyes of, like, we were looking at Peggy as being maybe she would be the contendant or the the candidate for the project rebirth like they were hoping like there was like this huge banter between these two um podcasters about like it would have been better if she was the one who was um super peggy the super soldier and like trying to take out all these nazis and you know they it would have been nice but unfortunately that doesn't happen dude peggy carter would have been a badass captain america Oh, with, her, with her red lipstick and her yep. pinup curls just kicking ass and shit. Oh, oh my God. It would have been great. Right? In heels. Oh, yeah. She did it in heels. I shall throw a shield at you. Have at you. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Agent Carter, uh, before the show started, Marvel had released about five mar- uh, one shots. And Agent Carter's was the first one that they did, but it was the fourth line, fourth one 
to be released. It was a 15-minute film that debuted at 2013 San Diego Comic-Con. Due to the high success and the reaction, ABC ordered a TV series expansion without even doing like a pilot. So it was really unheard of. They saw the reaction that um, Haley Atwell's portrayal of Agent Carter in that one shot, which if you ever want to see it, it is in Iron Man 3. So in the special um, features. And it... Um, they really they really wanted to take this secondary character and just make a huge thing about thing because you know disney obviously they really go for those strong female characters and we have agent carter um it was officially ordered on may 18th 2014 agent carter marvel's agent carter was released on january 6th 2015 and it was an eight episode series. Season two is a 10, um, 10 episode series. And what really frustrates me is the show writers and the creator of the show, they had used this one shot film, which basically it's what you see in the first season where Agent Carter is in the SSR. She's basically, she hadn't had a mission to deal with or an assignment for five months and there's a serial killer going around with a, some special serum. And the guys um, basically treat her like shit. Um, Bradley Whitford's uh, character, Agent John Flynn, was like, you know, the only reason why you're at the SSR is because you're the old flame of Captain America, which is like a big slap to her face. Like, mm. that's why she got the job. And that's not the reason why she got the job. No, she got the job because she kicks ass and yeah. she's really good. Yep. And so the guys all are out drinking and she gets the phone phone call from the hotline saying this is where the Zodiac killer is. This is where you need to go. Have three to five agents be there. Peggy's like, fuck that. I'm not going to call anybody else. I'm going to do it by, her, by herself. And there's some clips on YouTube that you can see where she basically takes down two guys with just a briefcase, takes another guy, throws him through the window, and she, you know, throughout the whole beating, she gets the um, serum and um, her, the next day, her boss is just like ripping her a new asshole ready to fire her until Howard Stark calls her and calls him and was like, no, Peggy is going to be helping me with S.H.I.E.L.D. So that is that. Which is different from Captain America's S.H.I.E.L.D. This is yeah, a different no, S.H.I.E.L.D. No, this is the strategic. This is a metaphorical S.H.I.E.L.D. This is the strategic Homeland Interventions Enforcement and Logistic Division. Which it used to be the Strategic Hazard Intervention and Espionage Logistics Directive. Yeah. Before they, they added the Homeland thing and they yeah. changed it. But that's what it used to be. Nick Fury and his Howling Commandos. Yeah. So they so they take they're going to use this one shot as basically the inspiration for Agent Carter, which they did because it's one year after Peggy loses Captain America. What pisses me off about the television show is that it's only two seasons. It's well, it's two seasons, but we see through the entire cinematic universe that Peggy basically has a career as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. After season one is where the one shot where she basically gets the call from Howard and was like, hey, let's do S.H.I.E.L.D., let's get going. 
No. In season two, which I mean, I do like season two for various reasons. Basically, her relationship with Jarvis is like turns into a brother sister relationship. They really codepend on one another. And the banter between them, it kind of feels it's like the banter from Howard Stark and Peggy. Um, and we do see more of her backstory, like her relationship with her brother, the loss of her brother, the, how she became a code breaker to working for the MI5. I enjoyed those pieces. But when you fucking mix a love interest, a love triangle into a fucking television show like they did with season two of Agent Carter, it it's just turned. Good. It's not good. And the thing is, we learn in 20. 20- 14's uh, Captain America Winter Soldier that Peggy's husband um, was saved by Captain America in World War II. She doesn't end up with any of the guys from the fucking show. Okay, I I just I, I you just reminded me of a point I made earlier with Ashes uh, again on our uh, amazing car ride that we covered every topic apparently. <laughs> I didn't like in the show. I didn't like the fact that the dick bag agent, like the head agent Thompson, was yeah, name. Jack Thompson. Okay, Chad he, Michael Murray. Okay, yeah. So this guy is a total douche. It would have been way better had he been like a super badass who saw her as an equal. Because yeah. the way it turned out, he was this fucking inept, inexperienced soldier who mm-hmm. talked a big game, who was scared about jumping out of a plane, froze up during combat. And she had to save know, his ass. Made up a story because he won the Navy Cross by yeah. killing a bunch of people, like shooting a bunch of Japanese guys in the back and burying their surrender flag that they had. Mm-hmm. And then she saves him, and then he sees her as an equal. They're not equals. No. She's way fucking better than he is. Yep. So having that be the point where like, wow, I suck. I'm so terrible. Mm-hmm. But you and I, we're the same. Well, we're on equal you, playing ground. Her relationship that, with, that sucks. It does. It really does. If they had I'm made not- him like the super badass, like and like he's super good, and like you know, like uh, the the dude with the mustache there, that's always a bad guy in everything he plays. The du- mustache Dugan that likes bourbon or whatever the hell his name is. Ah, uh, dumb dumb. Oh, dumb dumb Dagon. Dum yeah, dum Jagan, yeah. All right, I couldn't remember his name for a minute. I was like, bad guy. He's not a bad guy. No, everything else he's yeah, in, I know, like an error. Guy. He's a bad guy. Yeah. Um, like if he was like on that level, like oh, I'm so good, like you know, I'm like this like elite soldier. Mm-hmm. That would have been more of an impression. Mm-hmm. So it's like even though they're like, oh look, you know, she's showing how much better she is, like. They could have had him, like, get shot and she, like, saves him. Mm-hmm. Like, something like that, you know, something to show that they are peers. Yeah. As opposed to him having these, like, over-the-top glaring deficiencies. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes them equal. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's some bullshit. Like, season- even though they're trying to give her, like, you're a strong female. Yeah. You're just as good as this yeah. weak-ass man. Mm-hmm. I mean, and what season two does is Agent Carter moves a year later after the events of 
um, the stuff that happens in New York. She moves to L.A. because of a recommendation from Jack Thompson to go help Sosa, who becomes the SSR chief of the West Coast, to deal with threats of atomic age bombs that's going on. Atomic age media. Yeah, atomic age media. She has to deal with Jeremy and Martin. Yep. And... You know, he recommends her to go deal with that, which is great. You see, like, you know, he respects her. And the relationship does get a little bit better, but you don't see what would happen. Spoiler alert, because he is not around any longer. But we won't know that because there's no fucking season three. Thank you, ABC. Maybe Netflix picks it up. Actually, they had responded and they said no because it's do deal. It has to be dealt with like business terms. Like that's why they rejected picking it up which i'm not very happy but with season two i mean i feel like i might be the only peggy fan maybe i'm not but like as much as i enjoy season two for what it it was worth the love triangle ruined it for me and it just you know it just you see the quarrel that peggy has to deal with you know oh which guy should i go with and it's like come on like she's not like that she shouldn't be treated like, you know, dealing like a ditzy blonde kind of like, oh, Mary Sue, like, oh, I need someone to save me, like that kind of feeling. Like She's I, not a damsel in distress. Yeah. Like, she's, that does but, not become her. And like that really kind of pisses me off, even though she, you know, she's far from it. And I feel like because of the lack of story that happened in season two, it's what happens to the cancellation of the show. And basically that one shot where she that one shot film where she becomes the shield founder, you know, it's just scrapped. It's just pushed to a side and it's just, it's sad. It really sucks. And I know Haley Atwell really wanted to, I know ashes and I were talking about it earlier where, you know, Haley Atwell was so into seeing, uh, being able to portray Peggy during the decades, different years, which, you know, we see her in, the Ant-Man film in a flashback where it's like the end of the 80s and she's still the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's a little bit older. You know, she's still a strong influence in S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, You see her in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where she is still a strong influence. She retires around 2012, I think. Yeah, I think so. But she's like 110. No, she no, she's not. But like. It's just, it's frustrating. We won't get to see her. She'd be about 90 at that point. She was, she died and when she was 95. Yeah. Um, but like, we don't get to see her become the badass that she continues to evolve in because, you know, she, she gets a happy ending and we don't get to see that. Like, you don't get to see her fall in love with the man that, you know, she, you know, she falls in love with. She, you don't get to see her be a mom and you know being a mother and a working director like you don't see that balance you don't get to see that would be a very interesting arc it would it like we peggy fans got freaking cheated because of bad writing of season not only that i think that it would be really important and beneficial to see because she was such a i mean she helped create shield Mm -hmm. and she was a main component of shield Mm -hmm. for many many years while being a wife and a mother Mm -hmm. and you know everything else that she was and so i think that you know 
that would be a really good storyline to Mm -hmm. continue with. Um, I think that's something that would be very important to see, especially now where that's something that a lot of women still struggle with. You know, uh, there's a lot of mom shaming going on. Well, you work, so you're a bad mom. Well, you don't work, so you're a bad mom, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just think that seeing a working woman a working mother a working wife in a positive light is something that we need to see more of as well no, I agree. so i that's i'm i'm bummed i'm eager to watch the second season but mm-hmm. at the same time i'm not because that's i mean i've seen all of the movies that she's involved yeah. in you know we know that she will probably no longer be involved in any other in any of the other movies unless it's like a flashback yeah. scene or something yeah. or some kind of setup you know uh scene or you know steve rogers has another hallucination or yeah. something maybe a nick um, fury uh, standalone film yeah, you sure. know, like how she trained him to become and groomed him to be the... Uh, but see, I, I would shield. love to see an Agent Carter standalone film if they're yeah. not willing to continue with this series. At they least won't do give... it because they the if the series didn't get good ratings, why would a movie? Yeah, but who's to say it was a ratings thing? She did. Yeah, it was a ratings But, I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> but why it, wouldn't... Despite like, having positive critical responses and so many people backing the show up. It it's sucks. business. If the, it, it's all about getting, business. If it's you're all, not getting good yeah, ratings, it, why wouldn't, your I mean, sponsors aren't make getting a, Make at. a na- made-for-Netflix movie. I agree. You like, know, Netflix is picking up all of these Marvel shows and stuff. Like, if you don't want to pick up the show, then just do a movie that kind of ties up some loose ends yeah. and, you know, kind of shines a light on, okay, this is how S.H.I.E.L.D. was created and this is kind of like the life and times of, of yeah. Agent Carter kind of, you know, leading you up into certain points, you know, in, in some of the movies and stuff. You know, uh, just tie up loose ends. I feel like the fans at least deserve that. It, and we just, really do. Know, we really do because... For me, it's like, it's such a slap. Like, she's had this career. She's been through so much. She dealt with Stark. I'm sure she has some really close ties with Tony Stark. Obviously, you know, having to see him probably grow Grow up. up. Yeah. I would say, I wouldn't be. Do we know who Tony Stark's godmother is? Because I feel like it would be Peggy. I feel like it would be Peggy Carter. Because of her relationship with Howard. They're so close. Tony Stank. Tony Stank. (laughs) And like it's it really sucks. Like it pisses me off. Like that she didn't get, didn't she didn't get the treatment she deserved. She doesn't. She, she really did it. And it's like it's such a slap to so many Peggy fans. And like I I know that like most of the cast are willing to work around it and find a way to kind of bring the show t- or like bring everything to come to like a closing end. And maybe something will happen, but. Anyways, back to the storyline of Peggy. But um, she continued to work for the SSR before founding S.H.I.E.L.D. with Howard Stark. In 1953, she gave an interview about Rogers for the Captain America exhibit for the Smithsonian, which is featured in the 2014's Captain America Winter Soldier. She had met a man who Rogers had saved during the war. They had a son and a daughter, and her great-niece, Shannon Carter, take the mantle of Agent 13. Yeah, and it was because of that mm-hmm. that I figured out the whole storyline of the blonde girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're using the same thing that her daughter did, even though like it was in reverse. Mm-hmm. Like, that lady is there to spy on Peggy Carter. 
That's what I said that to her. I'm like, yeah, like because that's what her kid did. Agent thirteen or whatever her name is. Yeah, is that- Shannon. Yeah, I know Shannon, but isn't she like Agent Thirteen or something? Yeah, she's Agent Thirteen. See, I just made that up. I wasn't sure if that was. I knew, I knew it wasn't Agent like ninety nine because that's from Get Smart. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. And then um, before twenty twelve, Agent Carter retired as Shield director, and she began suffering from Alzheimer's disease, which is also featured in Captain America, where she's talking to Steve, and you know they're talking and. Steve is telling her, like, I'm so proud of you. Like, I wouldn't be doing this without without your inspiration because, you know, you created something so amazing for S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, you created S.H.I.E.L.D. I wouldn't be working for S.H.I.E.L.D. if you weren't a part of it. And she has an episode where, you know, she goes from understanding what Steve is talking about and she basically, because of Alzheimer's disease, she goes back to thinking, oh, my God, it's 1946 uh, again and, like, he came back from his accident and like we're going to have that last dance and then on June 4th 2016 in the Captain America Civil War uh, Agent Carter died in her sleep at the age of 95 and Steve Rogers served as a um, Paul Bear thank you (laughs) so uh, I'm so pissed but I'm so grateful that we have a character who's so strong in the in the comic book series. You know what? We might get. I know it's not the same, but we might get some Agent Carter stuff in the form of her uh, adequate niece. Yeah, I mean, I I wonder what they're going to do with Shannon, but I'm not too excited because it's not. It's, it's not, not Haley Pe- Atwell. It's, it's well, it's not Haley Atwell, but it's not Peggy Carter. She was pretty badass when she was fighting. Bucky. No, I I I totally agree. I think. You know, she is pretty badass, but we'll see. But um, I just want to take this time to say thank you, Haley Atwell. I know you won't ever listen to the show, but... Haley, call us. <laughs> you can come on the show right after Ray, Ray Park. Park. yeah. <laughs> you know, if you she- know Ray Park, call him. Yeah. You guys can come on together. We can talk about movies. Yeah, she... I got to meet her a few times, and the first time I met her, I just cried like just sobbed and just goes she's like oh you're so cute and i'm like thanks like thanks and just cried like a fucking i saw the picture of you and her with a this is dominic dominic cooper that was uh last year that's the second time i had a photo op with her that dragon con uh wizard world yeah something i knew it was dragons yeah that was fun being in a photo op with those two but she Haley is so forth to making something more happen with agent carter and she's such a wonderful person and i enjoy getting to meet her twice and i would totally meet her again so but no more after that no that's too much that's too much so before we conclude this discussion i have a quote that she had said um in the book of agent carter season one dis uh disclassified agent uh agent haley haley atwell had wrote a forward for the book about her experience playing agent carter and she wrote we did a tremendous we had tremendous fun in making making of agent carter but the positive effect particularly on one young women is what i hold close to my heart I met a girl named Nada at a convention. She said, most people think my name means nothing, but in fact, it means Drew Drop and Honest in my culture. 
Whatever Happens in the Future of Peggy and the Show, Season 1 and its small impact on young girls are a drop of positivity in our world. Peggy is an honest girl following her own moral compass in the face of adversity. She makes us strive to be better than what we want to be. Thank you, Marvel, for letting me step in her high heels, apply her lipstick, and fight the good fight. For all you little Peggies out there, you're not alone. Go forth and kick ass. That's awesome. I think on that, we should go to break. Yes. Do you love a scary story? Do you love to dance? The big scary monster haunts in midnight is a collection of dark songs about sex, love, death, revenge, and the end of the world. Brought to you by the world's greatest monster hunting electroshock band, The Deads. Emotional episode. Oh, I cried a few times and I was gonna cry again, but that didn't happen because we're not the emotional podcast on this network. Um, oh, I guess kind of we are. <laughs> I know. We're not trying to make that happen, but um, too late. I know. Before we get into our battle results, I just want to say if you enjoy listening to our show, please leave a five star review on iTunes. Let people know that you enjoy the show or just, you know, enjoy people enjoying us just bitching at one another and having crazy banters and calling up, calling each other King Dongs and all sorts of stuff. Drinking wine. If you like drinking wine, leave us a five star review. If you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain, making love at midnight on the dunes of the Cape, (laughs) leave us a five star rating. On was it iTunes? iTunes. I don't have any of them banana phones, so I don't I don't do any of that stuff. It's okay. But yeah, if you enjoy us, please leave us a five star review on iTunes. Tell us how awesome we are because the even more if you don't like us, give us just give just us a review. Don't be tell us honest. How awesome. We. I just want to know that we're awesome. Our egos are fragile. Yes. My be honest. I can take be. it. I can take you telling us how great we are. That's fine. <laughs> I understand. Yes. Yeah, so, but if you do that, that means more people will listen to us. So we can reach spread more, the world. Yeah, we can spread, reach. Spread. Let us spread all over the place. Oh wow! <laughs> Nicole's, Apparently, Nicole's we're that writing, podcast now. <laughs> Nicole's writing checks that uh, I don't know if she's willing to cash. 
Well, we do need a new uh, horniest podcast on the network. So, <laughs> well, if yeah. you do talk about Benedict Cumberbatch, that's another story. Say, I can't tonight. I have a headache. She got mad at me the other day because <laughs> I was texting her while we were watching Agent Carter, and I was like, "Wow, this guy is a is a discount." What I call him, booby trap custard bath. She goes, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. She sent me a very angry text. <laughs> I really didn't know what you were fucking talking about. You're like, boo, and I was like, what the? Any context, please? Like, what? Are so you- I sent her a picture of Benedict come a bunch, and she's like, oh, okay, now I get it because he has a funny name and he looks like an otter. And Benedict, whenever you want to come on the show, just let us know. I might not be able to be alive on that show because I'll be too excited and pass out. I will. I will sit between you two. No, so he doesn't have to take out a restraining order. <sighs> it's okay. Did you guys see that you got a new review on iTunes? We I did. Was, I was told that we got a new review. Oh yeah. It was on Saturday, this past Saturday, from Uh-oh. recording. Do you want me to read it? Yes, sure. I haven't seen it. It's uh, it's from KidCast. Kill, KYD, Kill Your Darlings. There you go. And it uh, subject is fun, fun, fun. And it says, remember when you used to argue with your nerd friends about which hero could beat who, or movie plot holes, or random other pop culture? Then you should check this podcast out. Aw, thank they, you. Uh, they just followed me on Twitter, and we were uh, exchanging some uh, some conversations back and forth. Uh, they were asking me about Ghost in the Shell and my opinion thereof, and I said I hadn't seen it yet. And they were like, "Hey, like, let us know what you think of our show, and we'll let you know what to think of what we think about your show. We'll let you and know so, what to think of our show." Yeah. <laughs> so, which which because, Patrick? Because Patrick I don't texted. have the iTunes, I. Uh, I had uh, Agent Nicole do it, and she's like, I don't know what the hell this is. I don't see anything here. What is this? <laughs> and I was like, I was looking, because she sent me a screenshot of our, our reviews, which I'd never seen, because, again, I don't have the apple bottoms or whatever the hell they're called. <laughs> apple bottom <laughs> jeans and the boots with the, the furs. With the furs. Yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm a rapper now, so uh, I know all that. I ash, ash money. I don't have any of those things, so... I haven't been able to look at them. I was really cranky that day. You are really cranky every day. She came up. She was like scowling this 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 afternoon. She comes walking through work. And she's like, Arr. I'm like, you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. What's going on? <laughs> Do you need something? I'm going to the store. Would you like a, a hot beverage? And I was like, why were you looking so angry a second? I wasn't looking angry. Because she was looking at you. I just uh-huh. re- We just rearranged our areas at work. So like now I have like... I have a cubicle around me, but there's like a short wall where like I can see people. I don't want to see people. That's like, where we take our we orders, to, and then on the other it's side. It's like a friggin' drive through <laughs> It really is. Like somebody, we have one person that we work with, and he probably listens, so Matt, and he walks by all the time. He's like, ding, huh, can I have some fries? And I was like, ding, fries are done. No. Ding, fries are done. I won't give I enjoy fries. our new workspace. But anyways, sorry, back to what we were saying. Um, if you leave us a five star review, um, we will send you a check for forty dollars. <laughs> that is lies, <laughs> false pretenses. Checks will not be honored. If you leave leave us a five star review, you can send us a check for forty dollars. Yes, nothing will stop us from payment on that check. The fuck. Anyways, but you can also listen to us on Satchel, Stitcher, Google Play. If you listen to us on Satchel, you can give us money, <laughs> which we will share with Trick or Treat Radio because 
Wolfie there are is bosses. the hardest, hardest working man in podcasting. <laughs> we should. We should. What the hell was that? I don't know. Oh. Maybe you had. <laughs> what? Were those even words? So I think we have a battle to discuss. I know. I wanted to finish that. Like, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, or just want us to you talk wanna about You want to tell any, us how we're driving? Uh, send us an email and throw it out ThursdayPodcast at gmail.com. And if you follow us on Twitter, just hit us up on that. And yes, we do have a battle. You and guys- we have a Facebook group. And I just want to preface the uh, battle. Um... The results already closed, but a couple of people hadn't voted right before the show. So I don't think that these are the most. No, these are not. These are not the most (laughs) legitimate of results because uh, all districts had reported in already. Fuck you. This is my episode. It counts. All districts. Recount. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Russia got involved and um, Russia got involved and hacked our. They uh, our said results. that the results are what they are. <laughs> yeah, and we all have to live with them, no matter how much we might not want to. Damn. Anyway, so in last week's battle, we had Major from Ghost in the Shell versus Neo from The Matrix. Whoa! Yeah. I know Kung Fu. Yes. And the winner was Major. <laughs> okay, wait. Why do you think? Okay, why do you think Neo would have beat the Major? Are you now? I just want to preface this by I, by saying I've seen all three movies multiple times, and you've seen the first Nerd! one. Nerd. Oh yeah. Oh oh. What an insult! You just. I shall accept your slings and arrows as you try to defile my. Courage. I, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Um, someone in this room <clears throat> who sits directly to my right, which you can't see because it's radio, but is also Mrs. Angry Nerd, has seen the first movie once. And no, I've seen the first movie a couple of times. And has seen the second movie a little bit of parts of it. Yes. So she is unfamiliar with the feats that Neo... Uh, accomplished like flight um and 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 okay hold up hold up flight. with that said you have only seen one movie of the ghost in the shell but i you know what not her abilities read are the manga you have not seen the television series listen or the, i was on a podcast um, all about anime or the, whatever the major uh, i was on a podcast about you haven't it. seen any of the other animated movies you haven't seen the live action movie neither so, have you well no i haven't but I'm basing mm-hmm. my... Back that train up. Oh, God. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut up the fuck up, Patrick. Because... I'm basing my, my results, my, my opinion on knowledge. Incomplete knowledge. Knowledge is power. Your knowledge is incomplete as well. Who's Listen. to say I didn't look up some stuff on Neo to get some, you know, be... be First like, of all, Neo is an anagram of opinion. one, and he is the one. Uh... Major is an anagram of Rajmo, and <laughs> that doesn't even spell anything. Rajmo. Yeah, the the the, the well, trumpet player. Oh, Raj- <laughs> the Satchmo. <laughs> so yeah, next week we're gonna do a different battle that 
is different. So why did you pick Neo? Because of the things that results. he's done. Like, yeah, but see, here's the thing: the major can hack into the Matrix with no. her. No, like, Neo cyborg. can do everything outside of the Brain. Matrix. Well, she can do stuff outside of the Matrix too. No, she can't. She oh, and look at me! Fused. I'm invisible. Big deal. She's Neo would still with, he, yeah, he and her. she's fused with the Puppet Master, which makes her like Neo is the one. A bajillion times, yeah. Well, now she's like two people in one. Like two. All he has to do is like stand there, she and he like, can get anything he wants at any time. Yeah. Well, her like cyborg, like cyber kinetic being is like more powerful than Neo could ever be. No, it's not. No, Neo can fly. She cannot. She falls and smashes can, on the ground and breaks and needs a whole new body. But Neo can only fly in the Matrix. Yeah, who's but he can say, also control and stop using but who's to say Neo that she powers you know, to control the, the Squidward like, guys outside of the Matrix. She have powers in the Matrix. And she has powers outside of the Matrix, he too. beat all of... No, she doesn't have powers... She drives she has around abilities, in the car. But she has, she has abilities. Yeah, but he has actual powers outside of the Matrix. And she has He the can go into the Matrix without plugging into shut it. shut entire systems down. Yeah, so does... He rewrites the Matrix as he sees fit. He changes... He, re, he warps reality. The Matrix reality. was inspired by Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, I'm aware. Therefore, and Ghost in the Shell wins. It. The Major wins. No. And in the just end... Just because something came out first doesn't mean that it's better. Bullshit. Oh, okay. What would you rather drive to work in tomorrow? Your uh, 2016 uh, Toyota Yaris or a, a, a fucking... Uh, Horse, a donkey drawn hay cart. Okay, first of all, that analogy just does, no. Is the not donkey even... drawn hay cart was the first mode of pr- transportation. It was a much yeah, earlier okay. one. So, but yeah, a, a, oh, car the is major based on is that. not a donkey drawn horse cart, hay cart, whatever the fuck you're talking about. But it's a primitive. That's like. But the major is. But that's the thing. Like old. the major isn't primitive. They're both set in Compared, like future, like cyber systems, like universes. You just made that up. Cyber <laughs> system universes. It's a real word. Look it up. No, okay, before, I know what I'm talking about. I'm a scientist. Oh my god! Before a bottle gets cracked in a bottle, the well, I have are, a plastic there are only bottles. plastic bottles in here, sweetie. So what's that in your head? It's not glass. It's plastic. It's plastic. Oh, did not know that. We recycle. Reduce, reuse, recycle. So, in conclusion, major one. Well, the major one anyway. So, So. in your face, more people agree with me than they do with you. I agree with her. She's smart. Well, you guys already said that the Russians hacked into it, so we know it's fake. (laughs) And if it was so easy to hack into the major side. Your alternative facts. Your fake news. It was (laughs) easy to hack into the major side. Easy to hack into... But see, that's the thing. Like, the major can hack into the matrix and like warp it to however she feels. So yeah. she wins. No, she can't change the matrix. So she, she can get into different bodies, but Neo can do major anything wins. he wants. <laughs> you want to know why the major wins? Because girl power. That's why. Neo. Boom. Neo is the In sixth one, and he's the only one. He chose to save his oh, girlfriend. All right. Well, anyways, it's over. over. Humanity. Get over it. Love conquers all. We learned that in The Princess Bride and Harry Potter. That's inconceivable. Yeah. You keep using that word, and I don't all think right. it means what you think well, it means. All right. Do you want to talk about what we're doing next week? Can Can you let me talk? Because you talk too much. Listen, I let you talk this whole episode. Because it was ancient. Girl, Con- you talked. 
too much. I don't know what that means. <laughs> All right. So next week's episode, since I talked about my ultimate favorite character, Patsy, it is your turn. And we're going to talk about Calvin and Hobbes. Yes, we're going to talk about the greatest comic strip in the history of the universe, Calvin and Hobbes. We're going to talk about the characters. We're going to talk about where they came from, what they mean to us. And we're going to introduce a new battle that I already know who's going to win that one because I'm going to have uh, the Canadians hack into it. And uh, A? Yeah, they're going to be like, Oh, we hacked into your election and they they altered the uh, facts of the thing there. Uh, Sorry, here's some Tim Hortons. (laughs) Let me put down my poutine. That was the worst Canadian accent. We've already established established that's a poutine. (laughs) Hey, that's a hockey. Oh, my Lord. All right. But I want to say thank you to you, too, for letting me geek out. It's about time. Right? I was wondering I, when this episode was No, I on. meant about time I get thanked. Nobody ever thanks me for oh. anything. I thank you for the labels at work. Listen, this, <laughs> my birthday was a couple days ago, and I let you do your show that you wanted in my birthday week. This is. We're smack dab in the middle of Patrick Palooza right now. I how, know how much you like this character. You could have said, no, let me talk about Calvin and Hobbes first. I would have let you do But your whole thing was you wanted it to coincide with both Haley Atwell and Agent Carter's birthday. <laughs> and the only way that was going to happen is if we did it this week. So I'm just Sorry. telling you, next time I turn 36, because that's how old I am, and I determined that Tony Romo retired because of injuries, not because he's old, because he's 36. <laughs> it's He retired because... He has a lot of injuries. It's not because he's old. Thirty six <laughs> is not old. All right. Well, and let's... I did make my wife angry the other day because I said the best thing about turning thirty six is I can finally date someone half my age. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Felicia. <laughs> wow. On that note, that's okay. When I turn forty, I'm trading him in for two twenty year olds. That's the way it works. I get the better deal. All right. So listen to us next week, and we will see see you next next Thursday. Thursday.